Welcome to Sisters of Sound. I'm your host, Morgan Shepard. Today, we are having a Skype chat with a very special lady in Brooklyn, New York, Caroline Sanchez. Caroline is a freelance musician, audio technician, and tech consultant living in Brooklyn. She specializes in live music for broadcast and regularly fills a number of positions ranging from A2, recording playback op, monitor mix, and RF tech on crazy big productions like Saturday Night Live, Good Morning America, The Met, Live in HD, and Late Night with Seth Meyers, among many others. Caroline has been invited to speak at events sponsored by soundgirls.org and Women's Audio Mission and is a big advocate for education and inclusivity in all sectors of the music industry. We're so pumped that she wants to chat with me. Caroline, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. When did your audio journey begin? When did you realize you want to work in sound? Oh, man. Um, That's going back to like middle school into high school, for sure. Um, I was a band geek, total band geek, 100%. Played flute. I had been playing, has been playing since like the fourth grade. Um, And it was in middle school that I went to my first show, like ska and the whole DIY church basement scene in New Jersey, where I grew up, was very much a thing. Um, And it was after going to those shows and getting involved with that community that I kind of realized like, oh, I, I like being part of concerts. I like being part of productions and stuff. Um, and that's how I initially got the interest for it. Um, in, in our high school, in Carteret High School, um, there was a program called the Show Band, um, and they required a, an audio engineer to set up the microphones and to do some small speaker stuff. And I got involved in that. Uh, at first, because I wanted to get out of class and all my friends were in the band. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of the, the initial like, oh, yeah, of course I want to do show band. I'll, I'll do audio for show band. I get out of class. It'll be great. Uh, but as I started doing it, I realized that I had a, a real interest in it. And um, that was how it began. That's how it started. Amazing. I think that um, high school programs and ones that are um, a little more on the artsy side are just so important because the exact same thing happened for me. I was um, our school produced like a newscast and it was how we broadcasted our announcements. And there Mm -hmm. was a program that you could pick as an elective where you put together the show. And that's how I kind of got into radio and hosting. And if it wasn't for that program, I'm 100% positive I would be doing something different. So that's super cool. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely the same for me. There's no doubt that that program and that my, uh, my band directors and the people who were involved in, in the music department were, they inspired me and pushed me and definitely gave me um, everything I needed to like have that initial interest, you know, as a young, as a young person. So great. So then after high school, where did you go? So after high school, um, when I was applying to colleges, I kind of started applying as music. I knew I wanted to go into music. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt. Um, I initially kind of thought, you know, oh, maybe I'll be a band director. Maybe, you know, that's how I'm going to be involved in music. Um, but towards the end of high school, once I really got into the audio thing and realized that it was a viable career that, that I could pursue, I started applying for mostly music industry and some audio programs up and down the the East Coast. Cool. Um, I went to William Patterson University 
and did their audio program that's part of the music department there. Um, so it's the it's a four-year program. I got to play and get, I got a full audio education. They have a great live room in there and a great control room. And that it was, it was then, you know, after high school into college that all the real, like real world connections started. And right. it was through college that I got my first internships and stuff. Cool. Um, and it ult- ultimately how I ended up in TV. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty amazing program. Are, are there, are there many like it? Um, I think now, nowadays I seem to be noticing that there are a little bit more or perhaps they're slightly more advertised or, or well-funded at the time though, when I was applying, one of the criteria, it was really important for me to go to a four-year school. And the reason why I chose to go to the audio program at William Patterson was because it was a four-year program. I didn't want to get a certificate. I wanted to actually do the college thing. Um, And I think there is more and more of that now. And and music departments are definitely, definitely getting hip to the idea of how much technology both audio or just other kinds of music tech are such a big part of the industry now. And, and it's, it's a non-negotiable item almost to offer those classes to their students. For sure. It's very refreshing how um, important the education played in your career, because I talk to a lot of people who kind of think the opposite, that you don't necessarily have to go to school to be in this business and be as successful as you are. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that is always such an interesting, uh, <laughs> that is always <laughs> such an interesting topic of conversation, you know? Um, um, I think, uh, I think it can be said like, sure, you, you don't need to go to college to, uh, pursue audio work. Um, if you have the connections or at least the charisma to go out there and find those connections, you can absolutely do it without a degree. Um, one of the, the reality situation is one of the funny things that I, I tell my mom even almost is that I haven't really gotten any gigs with a resume. Um, it, it is a very word of mouth industry and even having a college education doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that people are looking at like your paperwork or anything when, when they're looking to hire you. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand though, having gone through an audio program and doing the college thing, I would not have the connections that I have right now without that program. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's definitely the connections that you're going to school for, um, besides some of the theory applications and besides like doing some of the reading that you're supposed to be doing the, the connections and the friends that you meet and the, are going to be the people that you're working with, uh, hopefully when you graduate. So I, th- you know, I, I think it is important. It, unless unless you have another way of making those connections, that's great. But your network is everything, especially when you're freelance. And um, going to college and getting the internships I did allowed me to make that network. <clears throat> I agree. And uh, it's kind of weird to be an intern and not be enrolled in some sort of post-secondary, <laughs> which... In- yeah, no, and that's another kind of hot topic, right? <laughs> For sure. So tell me about your internships. I read that you were an intern with Bonnaroo. Yeah, so actually, um, my internship at Bonnaroo, and this was the 2012 Bonnaroo Festival, um, was actually an internship with a mobile recording company based out of New Jersey called Music Mix Mobile. Um, and it just so happens that uh, my audio program had really good connections with the guys that worked for that company. And when they needed an intern to go down to the festival, um, I jumped right up and said yes immediately. I was like, yeah, I'll totally go to Bonnaroo, you know? Yeah. I don't care. Let's get dirty. Let's hang out, you know? <laughs> um, so that was 
that internship was the first time I ever realized uh, a couple things uh, that that the mobile recording world is a thing, um, that there are trucks that are mobile recording and mixing facilities, that those things exist. Um, I had no idea prior to that. Um, I had no idea how I, I didn't know what a backstage at a major, huge music festival looked like. I had no idea. You so know? what does um, it look like for those who have never seen it? Um, it's well, Bonnaroo specifically <laughs> is dusty. There's a lot <laughs> of dust and it's super messy and hot in the sun. Uh, there are people running around everywhere and all kinds of uh, production folk, you know, people from the production, mm-hmm. the stagehands, the people who are working with every single different band that you see on the stage. Um, then there's us. There's the TV part of it, the people who are doing the web stream and who are running around and doing that side of it. Um, it's, a, it's a full-fledged operation, it, you know, with trailers and trucks and all kinds of and it's constant for that entire week and even more so during the setup it's a constant rush of people um working to get to get this concert to get this production off the ground mm-hmm. and that that was really for me um a moment where i was like holy cow like there's a lot of people working here there there are jobs in this industry <laughs> and it's it's super it's super exciting to see that and that internship was definitely the moment where i was like wow okay i think i can do this this is this is cool Amazing. <clears throat> so after that, now you are your freelance and working on some pretty crazy gigs. How did you kind of transition from being an intern with Bonnaroo to working on SNL? Um, so and I have 100% my network to thank for, for that. Um, that first internship uh, at Bonnaroo with Music Mix Mobile leads to, you know, every, all the, the six or so people that I worked with directly now know who I am. And yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. I did an okay enough job that they called me for other things. (laughs) So, you know, they, they call, they call me for other things and then you work other jobs and other people learn your name. And, um, after, after graduation, um, it kind of was just a, a little bit of a game in the sense that, you know, you do a job, you do your best to try to exchange your info with people. Um, you try your best to do the job to your, to the best of your ability. And it, it's from there that I made the connections that eventually got me to a bunch of the television shows that I work here in New York. Uh, Saturday Night Live is specific in that the music mixer who, Jay Vicari, who works at Saturday Night Live also owns Music Mix Mobile. Oh, okay. So it was... So again, when I say 100% networking, that has a ton to do with it. Um, having worked with these people, you know, for five years prior to even getting the call for SNL, uh, made all the difference. Super cool. When when you got those jobs, were you like, oh my god, this is a dream come true, or were you just like, this is just you know another day? <laughs> well, I. <laughs> It's funny that there's rarely days in my life where it's like, oh, yeah, just another day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, well, you know, you, you get calls like this and uh, yes, part the answer is yes. You know, part of you is like, oh, my gosh, like that's a that's a major show. Totally. Like, like how, how did that happen? You know, um, so, of course, there is that initial like holy cow moment. Um, but I would say that I don't know. I, I um 
I don't get super starstruck or anything easy. So I, I try to take every job, no matter no matter how big of a show, no matter how like iconic of a show, I try to, I try to take every call that I get as like, okay, this is really cool. It's a big job, you know, it's a big client, uh, but what is the job? What are the things I need to know? Um, how can I prepare myself before I show up mm-hmm. for the job to like, to make sure that I am actually, you know, up to par with the work that needs to be done. Yep. Um, but yeah, of course. I mean, I think we all have those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's, it can still be pretty surreal. It, it can. <laughs> for sure. Have you ever had any of those moments where you, di- you didn't feel up to par or like it was a challenge and you were like, how am I going to figure this one out? Oh yeah. I mean that, that kind of, I would, I would say that the, the anxiety, but also like the kind of the excitement that comes along with overcoming those challenges is, I would say, almost a daily venture. Right. Um, it, it's you take you take challenges and problems that come up um, one step and one step at a time and one at a time, you know, mm-hmm. um, and there's absolutely moments on every job where you look at something, you're like, oh, my gosh, like. I didn't think that was going to happen. I have, <laughs> I, it's like, uh, I hope, I hope we have a spare. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we accounted for this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's natural. The troubleshooting and and the challenge of getting through that is, you know, that it's part of the excitement. It's part of the. It really is part of what makes it fun. Super fun. And that much more rewarding when the job is done. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, have you been freelance? since you graduated? Yes, I have. Wow. Um, yeah, I've been freelance. I've technically never had a true single employer. I've had multiple employers on a freelance basis since I graduated school. So it's going, we're getting on to like six years now. That's so awesome. Um, what are some of the main differences between working in broadcast where you are now and where you started off? Um, well, uh, I, I have to say that I, I kind of started in the broadcast world from the beginning. Okay. Um, uh, any, even some of the re- remote mobile stuff, um, even, even the, um, the music festivals and, and those kinds of things, uh, are still, it's still audio on the broadcast level. The whole idea is to capture it and either put it on the web as a web stream or to marry it to video and put it on television. Um, Um, but I'd say that working in broadcast now at like a bigger kind of show versus some of the smaller things that I was doing when I got out of school, the problems are bigger. Yep. (laughs) The problems are bigger. Um, the crews are bigger, that's for sure. And there's definitely the personality element you sometimes have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would say that the egos aren't necessarily just the ones that are on the stage. There are, um, they, they exist throughout and you still you start becoming very good, you know, with, with a number of years doing it, you start becoming very good at playing the, the personality game and really just, uh, understanding how to work with people and people who are under stress too, you know, they're stressful environments and it's, uh, it's not easy. That's for sure. What does your average work week look like? Um, okay. We can take, uh, an SNL week, for example. Um, so every week is different. That's for sure. Um, on an, a week where there's going to be uh, an SNL show on Saturday, uh, I would probably book Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday somewhere else. 
So either, you know, if MTV calls, if Good Morning America calls, um, if I'm out with a remote company, uh, those days I try to book, I, I do book other work. Uh, we load in for Saturday Night Live guest music on Thursdays. So that's like your eight to four. Mm-hmm. Get in at eight, set it up. Um, we do a full full line check, full sound check, and then we do a camera blocking in the afternoon. Um, so typically, typically we're done by by four p.m. or so. But at the end of day Thursday, we have set up the band. We've we've already rehearsed it several times, and the director has seen it at that point. Um, and then a Friday, uh, I try to I try my best not to book myself on Fridays, only because I try to make up for the Saturday I don't get on Friday. <laughs> gotcha. So that's your day off. I try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, as best I can, I try. <laughs> um, and then Saturday uh, for Saturday Night Live is a full day. It's a 9 a.m. call and we go all the way to 2 a.m. Wow. Um, yeah. It's a it's a very long day. So there's how do, a, how do you get through that day? Like, how does huh? the crew handle it? Is there like a lot of Red Bull? Hopefully not drugs. <laughs> no, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a ton of Red Bull and a ton of coffee and candy. There's a lot of candy around. <laughs> and probably just people who are super passionate about what they're doing as well. Yeah. And and the thing too, and on a, on a freelance level, just a more, more logistical level, is if, if you're going to have a super long day on a Saturday, it means that you can have one less day of work somewhere else in the week. You exactly. Yeah. And, and that this is kind of the advice I would give to anyone who wants to pursue or is thinking about the freelance lifestyle. Uh, you have to be pretty flexible or be able to have the discipline to be flexible about how you want to get your hours in for the week. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a Saturday is a super long day, but I try to take off Friday and Sunday. We don't I don't do anything, <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, so it's it's kind of just uh, it has to do with how you like to work on a personal personally, you know, Um so, you know, a Saturday we get in at nine, uh, the house band will rehearse. We'll do like a two hour rehearsal from 11 to one or so, um, whatever they need. Uh, my job is to also take care of any of the audio that, that the house band will need for, um, the warm, for the warm up portion that they play and for any of the music that they're doing during commercials or for any of the sketches. Um, I'm there standing by to assist with whatever needs to happen. And we do a, a Saturday sound check around five. Then we do a dress rehearsal from 8 to 10, and then the live show from 1130 to 1, and then load it out. (laughs) Craziness. Craziness. Okay, so out of uh, the artists you've worked with so far on SNL, who has been your favorite? Um, So I'd say most recently I had Tame Impala on, and he's absolutely my most favorite from this season, for sure. And then from last season, I was really stoked with Childish Gambino. Um, Yeah, it, it was... It was super fun. He, he, Donald Glover is incredibly talented. So watching him host and then do music was, was kind of a, a big deal. So yeah, I'd say that of the two seasons I've been there, those would be the two that I have, I remember the most for sure. So cool. You're truly living the dream. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you are an advocate of inclusivity in your industry. And I know you've done some work with Sound Girls and uh, Women's Audio Mission. I'm curious about what your experience has been like being a lady in a very male-dominated field. So this is always an, this is always a, um, a bunch of interesting topics today. Um, <laughs> I have I to bring it up. <laughs> I know. It's like what the whole podcast is. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Honestly, I feel that I have been super fortunate with the people I've worked with um, and the places that I have worked. Uh, I, I do not, I cannot say that I've had any kind of issues really with the male female dynamic. Of course, sometimes you feel it a little bit, but I, I am certainly of the mindset that if you put your nose to the ground and do the work that you're supposed to do, your work speaks for yourself. Um, I, I think too, that you maybe as a woman in this more male dominated industry, you definitely grow a little bit of a tougher skin, but I don't, I don't want that to seem negative. I think only that you kind of have to take, um, jokes or, or, or like, you know, weird guy banter, which just happens on the gig. That's just kind of part of, part of it to an extent you kind of take these things and you have to decide, okay, was this something that was maliciously said towards me? Was it something that was said in passing? So I have definitely experienced those moments where I kind of need to take a step back and say to myself, okay, um, how, has something happened or has there been a little bit of weirdness that I actually need to address? Or is this something where I'm like, you know what, we need to move on from this. This is just like dude talk and, and we have a job to do and right. a show to, show to run, you know? Yeah. Um, that was a really great answer. I find that that question is not always, uh, people just don't really want to be honest about it, but I feel yeah. like that's, uh, that's, definitely an honest answer and as a gal working in a studio with all guys I feel the exact same thing every single day <laughs> yeah no I mean I think you know and it's it's a I, I think as long as you're you're smart about what you're doing you know that you're doing a good job and and you know that you know how to do the gig you know um if things are said there is definitely a difference between things being said uh, at you and pointed towards you uh to be diminutive or, or whatever and things just being said because, you know, it's a room full of guys right. and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, what are your goals? What's coming up? I think long-term career wise, I'm, I'm definitely looking to get more into the systems engineering side of things. Maybe, um, I've always found, uh, putting equipment together and that, that kind of, um, like map in my head has always been really intriguing. And I think I would, I would do really well in that position. So I think in the long term, it's something, it's something that I want to pursue more. It's just the engineering side of things. Um, I love working on the stage. I, I do enjoy the actual connection that I have with music and with musicians when you're on, on the stage. But I think long term, I'd like to be doing some more of the super nerdy stuff behind the scenes. Cause that's like, fun in a weird way too. <laughs> That's super interesting because um, you seem to be very creative and outgoing and into people. And usually if you're into, you know, the heavy tech engineering side, you kind of avoid that. Are you a yeah. unicorn? Unicorn? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, maybe. I think you are. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean... I guess I kind of, uh, I, I think I, in the broadcast world, uh, I'm not sure if you get to be an engineer on the engineering side of things and not have to deal with people. <laughs> um, there's absolutely that element in all of it. There's a, there's a serious gratification in knowing that the system that you're building 
is the backbone of the production that's going to happen. Right. And ultimately, ultimately that production is what's giving the musicians and the artists and whoever is up there on the stage, uh, the platform that they need to, to, to make their music happen. And it's, it, that part of it is, I think, where I get the most satisfaction thinking about it, you know? Very cool. Um, so Fridays are your day off. What do you do if you have the day off and, like, no chores to do? Oh, man. No chores? Yeah. Um, no chores, day off. I'm definitely going for a run. Nice. That's without a doubt. Yeah, I, I love running. I think it's super meditative, and I just feel really good when I run. Um Reading. I'm a big reader. Reading and writing, actually. If I didn't go into music, I would have gone into English, which is, you know, just as challenging an environment as the music industry. <laughs> uh, reading, writing, going for a run, um, and just trying to be outdoors. I, I love I love hiking. Um, I've, I've been horseback riding for years now. If I could get to the barn, I'm in the city, but if I could get to a barn, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of what my ultimate day off, no chores, no obligations would look like. (laughs) Lovely, lovely. So you gave some advice earlier, but if you could give just one piece of advice to young women who might want to follow in your footsteps, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them to go for it a hundred percent. Um, don't, don't doubt your ability. Uh, don't doubt don't doubt if how much you know. You know, I, I think I think when I was younger, there's there's definitely that doubt of, oh, am I even supposed to be here? Like, I'm not sure. Don't don't worry about it. Don't let those doubts um, hold you back from saying yes to jobs. And take all the take all the work that you can and take good notes. Things that you don't know, take notes and go back and learn them. Okay, that is perfect advice. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Thank you. Best of luck. And when I watch SNL this week, we're going to be thinking about you. I I, I really do appreciate that. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, that is it. Thank you for listening to Sisters of Sound. I'm your host, Morgan Shepard. Sisters of Sound is produced by Tattoo Sound and Music in downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. You can find us on Instagram at sisters of underscore sound and hit me up there if you know of anybody who I should be chatting with. Till next time. Bye.